1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wake up in the morning feeling like Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try?
0: Yes or no? Just because I'm Oh <laughs>
1: hello tryhards. Howdy doody,
2: doody howdy. Good morning, good evening, good night.
1: Good morning, good <laughs> evening, good night. And goodbye, tryhards. Um... <laughs>
2: yeah, I just realized it's not good night, is it? It's good evening, but anyway.
1: Good evening. <laughs> what time is it there? Five to eight. Uh
2: five to eight yes but yeah. i am on european time now um not on english time anymore
1: back in rome just to yeah, I cause was even more problems with the time difference and me trying to do maths very poorly um speaking of poorly I've got a poorly arm have you because yep yeah, on sunday at waitakere i during the england games have been sitting with the england non-playing squad um just you know keep my you love
2: it there don't you you yeah. love it there
1: just keeping my you ear. Just it next to um claudie who ate so much food during that game i actually found it a little bit terrifying she was like the hungry caterpillar <laughs> so she started off she had some um tesco cookies god knows where she got those from uh, she had some biltong she had some sweets um she had a bit of banana bread at one point i've never seen it at uh, percy pig but mate you don't
2: you don't get cords like that but for well, not fueling
1: not fueling no so yeah so i was sat um i had um what i really did enjoy is i had claudia on my right who just ate through the game but it meant that i was sat behind abby ward fantastic nors to sit behind in a match like the, the <laughs> nausing that woman is capable of like line out nausing is something else. give us
2: give us an idea what do you mean what Well do you, I, mean? I, what you know I
1: wouldn't want to give away kind of like England trade secrets, but it's really like basically that something would happen or like, the ref would give something or do something and they'd be like, oh Abby, Abby, why why is that? Is that because of blah blah? And she's like this walking law book, like explaining if this had happened, oh. blah, 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 proper noise. But actually I really, really enjoyed it. Um so sat with the girls had a little chat to Lydia Thompson on the pitch at time, which is really nice and it's really nice being in that environment with them and kind of listening to them cheer their teammates on and about five minutes before the end I was like right I'm gonna go down and just get ready to go and do my post-match interviews so I walk out the back of the stand and fall down the stairs no <laughs> like <laughs> temporary stand in front
2: of everyone
1: temporary stand metal stairs I fly down them And I just laid there prone. I thought, if I stay still, no one's going to notice. And then I hear Skaz go, LJ, are you all right? (laughs) To which they all swing around.
0: Oh, my God, LJ, what's happened?
1: I'm laying there just, like, splattered across the metal stairs. So I've got a couple of bruises on my arm. But it's my ego that was dented more than anything. It was so embarrassing
2: you know though I'm just trying to think who it would be like they're all like the nice players like if it had been others they would have absolutely wrenched you for it I reckon if you'd had one of the Cleels there I know oh,
1: if anything I was, I'm so glad I'm I I, afterwards I was like I'm so pleased that Poppy Cleal got her first Rugby World Cup start and wasn't on that bench to witness that because <laughs> yeah it was uh oh. yeah it was horrendous it was really embarrassing really embarrassing and one of those moments where you think if I'm if I'm so quiet and just lay here maybe I will become part of the metal and no one will notice <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, they did. so they were all very caring though um and uh, yeah all very funny but yeah I felt like a right plum oh
2: well you survived though eh?
1: I did, i lived live to tell another tale.
2: That's good. Um, yeah, I had a, I thought you were saying about not being well or, um, cause I've been battling an, an annoying cold for the last however many weeks, but um, I decided to go against my own advice about getting wet hair and being out in the cold. And I went swimming. I went down to Tiverton local council pool. Oh, wow. Um, yeah with mom and rich and special guest ava tron the 17 oh, wow. month niece who i'm not going to lie looked amazing in her two piece um absolutely amazing shorts little top that mum has got her um i actually think it was a primani num- um outfit but um honestly just what what my is, mum is well, said, we had. To, we I was having so much fun. Mum was like, "Nolly, we do need to get out." Ava's going a little bit blue. I was like, "But she's not. She's having fun." I um, mean, the two the bottom teeth, her grin with her bottom teeth. Because I decided, right, she's gonna she's gonna learn anything from Auntie. It's gonna be to be fearless and to be confident. So we sat her on the side and I counted to three, and off she plopped into my arms and then I was like right well next level you've achieved that you've done two and you seem to be having fun so I stood her up on the side and I asked her to jump
1: and she did <laughs> it's um sorry did I has she got another auntie waterman because there are many things I would describe you as but fearless and confident when it comes to water <laughs> are not two of them uh-huh, uh-huh. um
2: is she is she honestly, a water woman so is
1: she is she, a, is she a water baby Do you um, think no like yeah, so she's
2: she's she's not actually she doesn't like um putting her head too much in the water but I kept dropping her into the water a little bit more on my catches just to give her that confidence mum was like look I know that you want to get to like full stage of full dunking and pulling her out and saying it's okay but the fact that that at 17 months she's jumping off the side into your arms just be happy with that yeah um so mum had to calm me down a little bit but it was lush it was really cool seeing her with like mum and rich and She's obsessed with staring. She's a total gorper. Yeah. Like she was, there was a kid's, um, like a swimming class, like a school came in. Um, I was a little bit disappointed, not going to lie, because they were sat on the side for so long.
1: And by the time we'd finished showering, they were out again. I was like, oh, that was a... Well, maybe they were teaching them about safety, Nolly. I feel like you're kind of overlooking that. Element. Why would you need to do that
2: in a costume? Anyway, um, Ava just wouldn't stop staring at them. I mean, it was actually
1: really funny. It's but so they, interesting. Like, at that age, the toddlers age like kids. that. They're obsessed with like older kids, and she yeah. also. So that
2: was fun. She watched us, um, and weekend. then on um, on Friday, something quite significant happened. I'm actually, I'm a little bit scared and concerned to announce it on the podcast. Go on. I am
1: no longer a Gloucestershire. Resident. Oh, wow. <laughs> the news we've been dreading's come. Are they going to make you hand back the uh, Sports Personality Runner Up Award?
2: I hope not. um But I am, yeah, I am no longer after 11 solid years of living in Gloucestershire. Actually, no, that's a complete lie. Longer. I moved to Gloucester when I was 20, uh, 23. I think. Um, so yeah, I mean yeah, maybe 11 no jokes. Um yeah, so I moved to Gloucester when I was 23. So 14 years I've lived in the Shire. And uh the flat has finally been sold after plenty of help removing everything with Milliewood and uh and Charlotte Keene. Um and I am now back to my roots. I own a property in Somerset.
1: Wow. So, Back yeah I'm way.
2: sorry Gloucester yeah. I will be, I will happily still speak to you on the radio and just whilst we're talking about Gloucestershire radio um, and BBC um Millie Wood ultimate try hard um has got her own podcast and it's called No Tackle haven't had a tune in yet but she's had some brilliant guests one of them being Sarah Beckett who has been very very candid about her experience not being picked for england um but having just signed for gloucester Hartbury, she is now in the shire um and she popped in um to chat to them so yeah have a little listen to that everyone that
1: gloucester Hartbury side next year looks mean eh? next year yeah but they but
2: but. saying that they lost to exeter
1: um exeter there's there's some I'll talk about this when we get onto Rugby World Cup stuff, because there's a couple of players going to Exeter that I am absolutely buzzing for. And I'll tell you about that. But first, before we get on to Rugby World Cup Sevens, um GB set Rugby, Rugby World, World Cup sevens, sevens? Rugby World Cup 15s. <laughs> sorry. Uh GB Sevens have announced their squads, men's and women's. The women's squad is they've only announced nine names at the moment because obviously um Wackers isn't allowed to talk to players until their Rugby World Cup 15s is finished. So if there's anyone who's going to be added from Scotland, Wales, or even England, he won't be speaking to them until the end of this competition. Um, but they've announced nine names. So big ups to the girls who were in. Um, obviously, Megan Abbey, both in, um, which makes me really happy. It means I've got friends to gossip with on tour. It's, it's also really interesting that, that um, Heather Cowell has
2: um, signed a sevens contract, mm. um, given that she kind of, burst onto the uh, fifteen scene with England scoring on debut, but I think not get get going in and then not getting picked and kind of it was she was a it was a bit stop sightie for her. I'm, I'm really pleased and to see her. Um I think a wonderful athlete. Um and like you know the mainstayers from the Sevens are there. Um I think they're going to be massively complimented by the girls coming back from World Cup and who gets in. But um so big shout out to them to get in the contracts but also um also to Nick for being yeah. Um, being you know getting that head coach role, I will say I um,
1: I'm going to claim a success given that uh. Of course you are. Um,
2: How many of
1: that the nine that have been announced are um, are your former charges? Jade Shekels, she were yours. Uh, yeah, yeah, Meg, yeah, was Abby, yeah. Um, I think that's, that's it. it. That's it. All right, three, three from nine. We'll take it.
2: And I'm gonna claim Nick. And you gonna claim Nick. <laughs> right, okay then. Only um, really, really quickly because um he is such an experienced sevens coach, done loads with the um his own career, maybe playing for Wales, but um alongside um Terry Sands and the samurai, toured the world, done all sorts of um amazing things. And I was coaching the University of Gloucestershire, because that's basically where all the Heartbury girls went, um, in the inbusa tournament. And I needed a bit of help. So I thought, well, I can learn from him. He gets to experience coaching the girls. Um, we won the tournament, had an absolute ball. He came in and did some analysis after the semi-final. Uh, before, like six minutes before we're supposed to play the semi-final, he's giving us a chance to just hear about the opposition we're going to play. And he basically says, well, the only thing you need to really worry about is the girl that's got good toe. And all the girls froze, didn't really really know what he talked about and it was a bit odd I was laughing under my breath but just I couldn't look at him I So like look away and then awkwardly he said not camel toe and then the room just erupted um, it was so funny um, and then we became team toe for the semi-final and the final but um, now obviously in charge of I
1: think um a very exciting Team GB side, and I given the Olympic, meta, who, make a big difference. I think when we know who else he adds in from the other countries, that's when I'll be excited. Watch mm, that space. Talk about Let's talk about yeah. There's a there's a Rugby World Cup going on, I believe. Um, the final weekend of pool matches has culminated. Um, so, yeah, that's eighteen games down. Um, eight to go. Um, it's been a lot of rugby. It's been a lot. Wait, is that right? Six times th- three times six. Yeah, 18 games so far we've had. Um feels like more. Feels like more. Uh we were back up at Fongaray on Saturday, where I was very upset to learn that it had been absolutely hammering down in the morning. But by the time I arrived there, um, at around lunchtime, it dried up and we had an absolutely fabulous day in the winterless north. Um it was really busy up at Fongere. Um, I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like this weekend for the Blackfields quarterfinal because it was jaham pa So why don't we start with the first game of the weekend? Um, the Aussies downed Wales. Um, I was pretty disappointed. I didn't think Wales were um as good as they'd been the weekend before against um the Blackfields, which was pretty disappointing. Um the Wales's penalty count was um, twenty. Yeah, I didn't. Did you see Georgia Evans's Instagram post when you give away no. more penalties than minutes on the field? Oh, it wasn't me. Um, made me laugh. But yeah, pretty poor from Wales. Joanne Cunningham was um, very disappointed after the game. Very frustrated. Um, interviewed Sean Ed. It was like pulling teeth. Uh, she gave me nice kind of three weird answers and then apologised for it afterwards. I was like, that's all right. <laughs> it's only my job. Um, But yeah, it was an interesting one. But Wales, despite the loss, they do leave their group with a win and a losing bonus point, And they will have a quarterfinal to play. Had they won that game, they would have avoided the Blackferns. But they will face the Blackferns again next Saturday at Fongaray.
2: Yeah, but if they'd won it, they'd face the... But if they, because the situation they're in, they face the Black Ferns. If they'd won it, they'd face England. So,
1: <laughs> but would you want to play the Black Ferns twice in two weeks?
2: Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And no, I mean, at least the the hack a good laugh. Both of them. It's like, yeah, I don't know, which, <laughs> which
1: can yeah, get
2: stuck into the atmosphere. You know what? I think. Um, I think they're right to be frustrated. They they created stuff, kind of. Um, like there's a big mistouch in the second half and just, I don't know, they just, the penalties are obviously going to, going to, going to destroy you and you've got to compliment their defense. Like 7,000 tackles in the game is pretty impressive, but mm. I think Australia's errors made, made Wales look a bit better than they were in the game. And, you know, in terms of it really offer that much, but australia just giving away a lot of penalties a lot of turnovers themselves kept wales in it and it was like Wales. australia kept giving them opportunities to get close to winning and wales were just yeah so i mean it was like weird like it was really weird game um i think just a bit of a <clears throat> a bit of a thing on the refereeing uh coxie i think you know there was a big big moment where she um, she managed to just find herself in the passing lane from from nine to 10. And I can see where she was trying to go and look, and she'll be, I'm sure be gutted because that's like an error for her. But oh, to her I, about actually, it. I actually think though that, well, it'd be interesting to hear what she says because from my perspective, I thought she handled it so well and given her experience and the respect from the players, although you could see there was a lot of arms in the air and people were frustrated, they didn't really go hard at her, like as yeah. hard as probably they would have other referees. And actually, in my opinion, I think she refereed it really well. Her comment, her com, um, her comms with the players was brilliant. It was really clear. It was concise. It was, I don't know. I, I thought she showed her seniority in that game and her experience. It was just a shame that she made that error. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But then as players, all of us make errors. You know, and, and And that just happens sometimes
1: we've got to have a word on the Aussies. So post-match, I go into a little special room to do my interviews, the flash room. And I share that with whoever, whatever other rights holders are in there. So for the Aussie game, Stan sport were in there. And um, Laurie Kramer came in the uh, kicking hero of Australia. And I had to text Susie Appleby and say, mate, you've got an absolute superstar coming down to Exeter because she she's played really well she's been really impressive she's also so funny like absolutely hilarious I was rolling in there she really made me laugh I text Susie saying oh um loving your new Aussie star um I'm a Chiefs fan get me a shirt and Susie me back saying it'll have to be one of last seasons just because of budgets oh I, I was joking but um <laughs> thanks brilliant thanks Susie um, but yeah, she, oh, uh, she's a mega star, and she's amazing. going to be epic in the league.
2: I've been saying that Australia are good. I said I that I liked her as a player because she's tough, she's gnarly. I think you know their back row is brilliant. Um, they just they've got to, they they've got to manage their own discipline. I think they're gonna they're gonna we'll talk about it, but they're gonna pose some problems for England and. Um I, one thing I will say is from a Welsh perspective, there was a couple of players that stood out. And um, firstly actually Kira, I've just realised she tapes over completely over one of her ears. I don't know how she hears. Piercing. Anyway, uh oh, but how did you hear? Like I felt like like, like cut a little hole in the
1: everyone's got cloth <laughs> ears like you.
2: Um I was really impressed with um, Alex Callender actually. I think she, I mean her stats, I think she made 28 tackles or something yeah. crazy. Um, and she didn't even play the whole game. Slight concern, considering she had her ankle taped quite heavily and on the outside of her boot, which always happens, means it's happened either in the warm-up or it's happened and she needs more yeah. tape in the game. Um, and then Matt loads of ice on it. But I, th- I, I I was impressed with her because of the amount of work rate she's getting through. She's quite a slight player. And my concern pre-tournament was she she didn't have that physical presence against those big sides. But she's, she's getting stuck in and in the mix. And given the fact that Alicia has gone home, I think she's massive for Wales and yeah. she is standing up. And I just wanted to give her the credit. And then, and also Newman on the wing. I think there's a lot yeah. of chat about jazz. Newman had a big task against her with Tarita, the big 14 for Australia. And she did really well. And I think she's, she's like really solid for Wales. Jazz gets the headlines, rightly so at times, given how much how many defenders she beats and stuff. But I just thought Newman was really good, um, and uh, yeah, I think an important person for for Wales, given how much damage the edge players
1: did last time. It'll be interesting to see what his selection looks like next weekend. And, and at the end of the pod, we'll have a little bit of a preview for for quarterfinals, and we'll and we'll talk through those. Um, Australia though I have to give you credit and actually I said this to a lot of people on the weekend pre-tournament you can go back to our you know early pods of this season and actually um, lots of conversations we had through the summer you've been saying that Australia are an up-and-coming team that they're better than people thought they were a team that a lot of people kind of written off a bit coming into this tournament as not someone who were going to compete but they've really impressed and they are getting they look like they're getting better every game 100%
2: 100% I think what's been impressive particularly is the improvement in set piece yeah. which shows just time together you yeah. know timing making sure that they're all working together that and don't get me wrong it's not perfect by any means but the fact that Wales I think only won 57% of their scrums considering this the, the, the Welsh scrum is a is a is an area of strength in relative terms and also the catch and drive some of the malls that Australia got going were, were really yeah. impressive so yeah, Th- there's a lot about them I really like. It's just the cohesion and bringing it all together that they need to do. But um, I think from an ingredients
1: perspective, they're, they're up there with some of the best, as I said last week. Oh, good, in- good ingredients, Nolly. Um, okay, so the second game that we saw at Fongaray was the Blackfields-Scotland game. The first half was a bloodbath. Um, it- <laughs> well,
2: New Zealand haven't started fast, have they? The last couple of games, they've, st- they've started slowly and teams have been able to be in the mix of it and then they've ramped it up but okay. clearly there was a there was a sl- unfortunately for scotland there was a rocket put into the team to say you need to start well yeah. it was <laughs> that, um that, what though that hacker i had to retweet it i watched that and that was emotional the the it that was different level for me yeah it i don't know what it was there was like a saw a lot of emotion in week one but it was emotion that wasn't controlled that was controlled emotion that was like they were maxing out on this is gonna like if I'd watched that live I didn't because I was asleep but um if I'd watched that live I would have said New Zealand are going to absolutely slay these from the start because of the
1: I don't know it just seemed different um, I asked Rachel Malcolm in a post-match interview oh um what was it like facing the hacker? And she said, it was one of the best moments of my life. Oh. <laughs> like... Cause she's, yeah, Rach is a proper rugby girl. Yeah. I said, through oh,
2: through yeah. <laughs> I said
1: what, what what was it? What was it like facing a hacker? And she was like, not gonna lie. It's one of the greatest moments of my life. Um, so it is yeah,
2: interestingly. She also said, it was one of the hardest defensive shifts because they were so good, like basically saying how good they are considering how many times they've played England, France, the rest of them for her to say that they were the hard, one of the hardest teams to defend. That just shows just how good the the New Zealand attack is at the moment.
1: Yeah. But you know, that we have to really commend Scotland and Brian Eason in the post-match was, was, you know, very quick to, to point out that they, O- only conceded 12 points in that second half, but the second half was a very, very different performance from Scotland. And there were patches of that second half where you thought, God, if Scotland can play like this all the time, um, it you know, it might have been a different story for them at the World Cup. But then that's the difficult thing, I think, um, as opposed to going home, being on the receiving end of, of three pumpings here at the Rugby World Cup, Scotland go home with two losing bonus points on the board. And that what might have been feeling is going to haunt that team, and and certain players within that team. I think I really hope that there are certain players who who get any kind of sports psych help that they need off the back of this, because you know when when there is a score in it and 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 kicks have gone awry, that's a difficult place to be. That's a, a difficult headspace to to exist in, and and knowing that you know they 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 could be home and host with two wins and in the quarterfinals is a very, is going to haunt players in that side, I think. So um, it's been fantastic to see them back on the world stage, Um, you know, 12 years since their last Rugby World Cup hit out. I think, you know, I've asked Brian Easton this in post-match interviews now for the past two weeks. Um, And I think this will be something that when they drill down into this and review, do this side know how to win games? Because they are now nine losses on the bounce.
2: I don't want to criticise Brian Eason because he does do good stuff with the team. The team are in a position to win games. But there needs to be asked the question that things need to change because you can put it on the players um, and it's also easy to put it on the coach. But it, do you know what I mean? But they really do need to look at why. Why is this happening? Because fundamentally if you can own, you can stop new zealand you, to 12 points if you can stay within games or you can be up by a certain number of points and then lose it there's something that isn't right and that needs to be drilled down into because it's it's not good enough and yeah. there's too much too much effort and love and passion for the game within that team and ability yeah for them to be on the receiving end of all of this and they need to work out what the problem is and it needs to change.
1: And, and I think what's really-
2: That's the brute side of it. Um, yeah. I'm not saying I know the answer because I don't I don't know the inner workings of that team, but I genuinely think that something has to change because it's not good enough. And interestingly, I saw an article, I didn't read it, but um, I couldn't access it over here, but just saying actually stop the niceties, Yeah, we're losing. Um, and I just think that that's a good place
1: But the review has to be, like, be decent. Yeah. I I think as well, what's really important to look at with Scotland is, you know, this is their first World Cup for 12 years. And and we want to make sure that they are there in England at the next World Cup. This is a really young team. There's a lot of really young talent in that Scotland side. And, you know, we know that with WXV next year and the qualification for the World Cup, things have to change quickly you'd think so that they are given the best opportunity to be at the next world cup to thrive because as you said there is talent there but the fact that there's a lot of youth there that's where the SIU really now need to decide how they're going to approach this going forward for that side
0: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
1: France, Fiji rounded out the day on Saturday. Fiji have been so popular here at the World Cup, and obviously, it's their first Rugby World Cup. It's been a great reflection of what Olympic funding and what Olympic interest has done for women's rugby in Fiji. Um, We know the dominance that men's rugby and men's sevens has there, but their World Cup silver medal and uh, just the kind of greater spotlight on women's rugby in Fiji is now really bearing fruit. And um, they've played some good rugby and they've been entertaining to watch and people have just absolutely loved them. And it's really interesting to hear how many teams have said how difficult they are to play against.
0: Uh,
2: Yeah, like I agree with all of that. And it's nice because it's not just, funding and opportunity it's also society they've needed to kind of win round um i think the the silver medal in the olympics you know the fact that the girls were on um on one of their banknotes. you know that that acknowledgement is massive um and also um i can't remember the top of my head the, the fijian coach's name but the anger of his face when the way that they played against france um i like tweeted saying tune in it's three in the morning but come and tune in to the game um so I was commentating and put this gif of fireworks and it was it yeah it wasn't quite fireworks <laughs> it was really woeful actually um it was a tough it was tough because it was like my dad actually messaged me and said that was a hard watch because it was just like a watching like a minis and juniors game, like the the skill level, it, the inconsistency, and that's not it's not disrespecting the players as in their own their ability. it's just how that game turned out. um yeah, it was just a bit meh which was a shame, really, given what it could have been. I think yeah. that that's what emphasized it even more you know, with the French. but I think there's slight worrying signs for the French on the back of that performance because you know they they had they all of their bench were the twenty two years and under brilliant, great experience. <laughs> Front row came on and demolished Fiji, but that was because um, Russell was played 80 minutes again. Do you know what I mean? So like you're going to get lauded for really tired players. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, so I think from that point of view, yes, it was good, but their attack is still not functioning. Mm. They're, 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 it's, you know, and we've criticised England for it, but the French just their basic catch and pass, their ability
1: to move defenders, you know, just poor. Um and it's gonna but how much you know, is the loss of Sansus going to have just obliterated the way that they would have intended to play at this World Cup?
2: It's huge, but then that doesn't mean that the winger just because Sans doesn't mean that the winger can't pass the ball catch the ball. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just it's just odd. Um you know Fiji naively defend a rolling more. So France roll it in. Field which creates a blindside. As soon as that blindside happens, um, Rongitha, the Fijian nine, needs to step in. Like that's it. So then it becomes a two on two. It's hard to defend, but you you need, she doesn't. She stands behind the break, hands behind them all. Bourdon scoots round and um, the winger's there. I don't know who it was, but the winger was stood there and the Fijian winger still manages to nearly defend it because the timing of the pass. It's like the detail behind their play is just lack, massively lacking for really good players. Like the way it's it's the weighting of their pass, it's the direction of their pass, it's the timing of their pass that's really poor. They pass too early, they pass too late. Like they're not reading defenders, which... You've we've come to expect from the French, just as really good rugby players, understanding those things. Oh and at times we're seeing that with England as well, you know, passes being pulled, not being put in front, not taking on the line. And it's just it's a little bit it just becomes difficult to watch and commentate on um mm. <laughs> when you um you expect so much more from them. Um so yeah, Are I think they... just as a round up from that game, it was Disappointing um, to not see Fiji go off um, in a little bit more of glory, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think probably the other thing to notice, which was interesting if we go through we throw to England, South Africa, and what I spoke to Lynn Campwell about before that game, um, was that a number of those Fijian players went off injured. Now that just shows physical robustness of a world class of a world cup tournament and yes they've had a really hard pull. and and against south africa they beat the living crap out of each other
1: yeah
2: england and france are very very physical dominant teams you know that the way that they play but the number of players that went off injured that's fatigue that's their bodies not having that robustness and i think that that's when people ask about more more matches internationally um more decent domestic games that's what your body gets and if you don't have that the training programs in place the structures around the support services have to be better and up to scratch to make sure that they can can last out because if they if they went to the to the quarter final you wouldn't have seen hardly any of their starting players because they were not fit they went off injured so it would have been a step too far for them um even though I would have liked to have seen them there, you know, given how they played against England, that's a team, imagine that team being that fit and fresh for
1: each of the games, how much better they'd be. Um, There's obviously been a number of um, representatives from the different Allianz Prem 15 sides out here at the World Cup doing a bit of recruiting. I would love to see a couple of the Fijians playing in the Allianz Prem 15s. I would love that. So let's hope that uh, there's been some poaching of those girls going on um, over to Waitakere on Sunday, soulless, empty, <laughs> pressing waitakere uh, We will talk about the quarterfinals. I'm pretty gutted that that's where England's quarterfinal is because I, I said it last week on the pod and I'm doubling down. It is, it's an awful venue. It's absolutely terrible. It, um, you know, aside from the, the fact that they've got treacherous steps on the back of their temporary stands. It <laughs> it was even worse this weekend because the Blackfin's and Fiji weren't playing there. So attracting people there, you know, Canada have come and been really well supported here. And um, there's lots of Canadian friends and families, lots of Japanese fans, lots of Italian fans, lots of England fans, but there's still pockets of people. And um, I have to commend the the fans of those kind of alternate nations because I think they really realized how you know a lot of the England fans had packed in to watch the first two games and and the Canadians stuck around to watch the last game. I think just out of kind of respect because otherwise it would have been absolutely dead at Waitakere by the end of the day. It was it was pretty grim. Um but that kicked off with Italy Japan up first. Um love not fantastic. watched it yet. You haven't I've got that it? somewhere to do Wow! No, you... well, I'm
2: commentating this week on France, France, Italy. Um, so, yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I will be watching the games.
1: Well, so, your, uh, your girls, your, uh, your Italian sisters, uh, Claire Thomas had a really nice line in commentary about it being their golden generation. This is the first Italian side to make the knockout stages of a World Cup, men's, women's, sevens, anything. This is the first Italian side. To be Rugby World Cup quarter finalists—that's massive for Italy. Really exciting for them. Um, they're a real fan favorite team. It's interesting, like they—I feel like they're a little bit everyone's second team. I don't know how much that's to do with Beatrice Ragoni keeping lollies in her socks. Um, I love that she pulls out her little jelly worm and eats that at like seventy minutes or something. Really odd, um, but yeah, they're—they're they're a cool team to watch, and it's really interesting because obviously. We've got matchups in um, in these quarterfinals, which we'll look ahead to of of teams that know each other well. Um, and maybe we, you know, do start kind of looking at those quarterfinals now because France, Italy, going into this World Cup, they played their two warm-ups against each other and it was one all. So, you know, Nolly, could Italy be a surprise semi-finalist at this Rugby World Cup?
2: Um, well, interestingly, we we reviewed it. Um we reviewed the quarterfinals on ITV and Flats asked me and then we realized it was like a time had run quite quite quickly through. Um we didn't have loads of time. So he rushed me and I said, Well, Italy have beat did beat them in the warm-up games. And he said, So you're saying that um Italy are gonna beat France? And I and my reply was, Well, my surname is Moretti, um, which I don't know whether it went out on air because it was so tight at the end of the game, at the end. But um yeah, I mean, look, I think the way, what front, uh, what Italy have produced is some fantastic backs tries. They've, and, and they've created and found space in ways that no other team has, probably apart from New Zealand. Um, and New Zealand have used power game with, and like offloading and stuff like that. Whereas Italy have literally slid through gaps because of pace yeah. and slinked their way through. It's so funny, they, you know, they, they play
1: know. the old, um, that Leinster switch the Leinster switch of 2012, that was the like bread and butter, like absolute pocket money for Leinster, that sex and switch background. Italy do the exact same move. It's that move. And it's so good to watch.
2: Yeah, and they've got pace and and there's a lot, they're they're very, very small and slight back, back line, but they're strong. They're like proper pocket rockets and they're quick. And I think that people, you know, underestimate how fast they actually are or how much they're going to kind of carve through um and actually i said about in the six nations um one thing i'm really impressed with is the fly half's speed of pass so her ability to not necessarily through her hands so not from the like the catch to the delivery but actually as soon as she releases the ball the speed of that it just if she gets her timing right in terms of getting the defenders to hold on her. It just gives the outside backs, a, you know, a couple of steps, a split second, and a couple of steps out wide is massive. You totally, you know, you get on the outside shoulder or the gap opens, the gap's there. And she because their pass is so quick, you get through it because they don't have time to adjust. And I, I don't know, I just, it, I, I don't know whether they've got enough firepower to yeah. beat the French, but the French have been their own worst enemies in the last in all of the pool games and we're wait. it's kind of like we're waiting for them to click but are they have they got the ability
1: to turn it around because they've got a young side of the french with italy though as good as they are and as fun as they are to watch an attack defensively are they turning up at all (laughs)
2: um it's harder i mean i didn't watch the japanese game i think they they hit hard it's the decision making and it's the understanding of when to go in when when are you going to rush when are you going to drift and the connection and it just becomes a little bit individual at times so if you and especially you know um and i think fitness they're fitter. they look fitter than they ever have been before um and as I said, it's just it's either like one missed tackle and then yeah. they're in behind, they're scrambling. Um or they're like just their decision making and like that connection, um, which is kind of letting them down. But yeah, I, I, like I'm I'm intrigued. I think it it could be it France could if France turn up, it they'll absolutely smash them. Yeah. But if they don't, I think and they go on the same form that they've got at the moment where it's like up and down and it fits and starts.
1: I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Okay. Um we'll have, we'll to, have another we'll have another, word. we'll have another word on it when we, we line up those four quarters. But um second game was Canada USA. Um I really wanted Canada to just run away with it so that Wales would have avoid the black fins in the quarters. Um, but a comprehensive win for Canada, really. They're really well supported at this tournament. They've got so many fans here. It's brilliant, like all their families and friends in the stands. Um are Canada being overlooked a little bit as as contenders as as a team at the end of this competition? Uh yes and no.
2: I think they've got get they're kind of a bit like Australia where they've got like some really good bits, but then just not putting again. Like they start really well. Um, I really liked actually their backline selection. So having Tessier at ten, I think, really opened it up because Corrigan. Um, she seemed to get Corrigan in a lot of space. But then saying that, it's because are carries, they accelerate so well into contact. They're such athletes and such big women. Yeah. That they, they, but they also utilise it. There's nothing worse than being, I used to break me when players would be like massive and then they'd be like, just slow down into contact and fall over. They all seem to accelerate into it, which then gets quick ball, which then allows them. And they, but, but Tessia was good. I liked her kicking. There was obviously a win because she connected, but a couple of times she connected. And she is, I think, one of the only tens that I've seen put the ball on the five-metre line for a catch-and-drive line-out. I'm like, honestly, the, the amount of teams that aren't doing that, I'm like, yeah. take your time. It's a really important yeah. kick. It's just like You take your time for your goals. Take your time for that because that's, that could be seven points. Do you know what I mean like it's yeah. really weird
1: bit of composure um,
2: but they are a bit they're just fast and furious and so because they're fast and furious and a bit bit mad they um they uh it does create hand errors yeah so they are you know they or a bit of messy but um it's cool to see um Paige Ferris still playing well i'm sure it'll be interesting to, i don't know whether um Katie's going to stay out and support her fiance um but i uh well, I've realised why it's odd watching Paige. It's like you're watching her fast forward the way she runs. Yeah. she has
1: very very quick feet. She's like road runner. Yeah, she massively. you is- <laughs> know it's really funny because well, I think she's really fast. <laughs> she, I, she's really impressed me. Like I've been, um, I've seen, I've been at all of Canada's games actually, and Paige has actually really stood out for me. Um, I don't know if that's because she's Katie Matt's fiance, um, but she has looked she's she looked also good. very
2: very pale and ginger and ginger um, yeah
1: so she does yeah. stand out because of that <laughs> and the sun pale. is strong here so I hope that she is covering herself in the old uh, SPF this week um question on USA have they been disappointing at this world cup um yes and no in terms of ec- I think more so in you execution yes and no to every question I ask you today
2: yes and yes no. and no <laughs> um I think I think their, semif- their quarterfinal will be a lot closer than that scoreline. That- the game was a lot closer than 29-14. Mm. Canada executed when they needed to. USA didn't. They had their opportunities to stay within less than a score three, to- three, four times. It's a line break. They do a quick pick and go. They get turned over. They get a penalty, kick to a the corner. Their catch and drive's been going well. They missed touch then they get the try chalked off because um, of obstruction. And you kind of think, well, at all of those points, they're really close on the scoreboard still. And and then the scoreboard will create more pressure because you could see, because Canada were holding on, on three tries for ages, like how stressed they were getting by it. And it'd be interesting because well, I kept on saying, this is massive if they don't get the bonus, the try bonus point. And I think that's why their coach was going so nuts in the, in the commentary box. Not because they, it was all of these unforced errors and it was going wrong, but if they didn't get the five points, it would have shifted the table. Yeah. And England possibly would have gone above them because of the points difference. England get five and then all of a sudden it's a totally, yeah. and, and, and then they're seeding. They would, I reckon, they'd be more happy playing America than they would do Australia which is what would have happened. They would have swapped places with England, yeah. given how Australia are playing. Okay,
1: let's move on to England because we are fast running out of time. So three games down for England and it's two from three for Danielle Waterman with Gloucester-Hartbury girls getting Player of the Match awards.
2: <laughs> I hadn't thought about it, but thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I was really impressed with Tatiana. Loved her. World Cup debut, thought it was brilliant. Thought Rosie Gallagher handled herself really well, especially given she dropped the first ball and then was calling the line outs. Um interesting. I have no idea why South Africa kept trying to stop the England Mall when <laughs> every time they went up in the air, they were disrupting it. I was like, and this is one thing I spoke to Lynn before and she was saying that you know they the girls had high hopes coming into the tournament and they were, you know, they were trying to challenge for a semi-final spot.
1: Quarter final spot.
2: And quarter final, sorry. Um and but they they needed to understand how to tactically change and adapt a yeah. game. And, it, I mean, that showed. I mean, it showed right. at times. Um, I think they really did disrupt England. Some of the collisions, I was like, oh, I'm pleased yeah. I retired. They were absolutely flying in from anywhere. I'm really pleased that there wasn't any England injuries because those are the types of games that you do pick up knocks. And you saw um, really early on, Holly Atchison went down from like a bit of a whiplash, got yeah. smashed um and burner obviously got the yellow card but didn't know whether she'd picked up the concussion but I, I think she's okay um but yeah i mean look from from an england perspective it's really interesting we talked about it in the studio everyone keeps talking about england's got plan a what's plan b plan c they keep saying oh we've got it up a jumper i i'm it's it's really interesting cuz in contrast canada get like loads of plaudits and oh my god their catch and drive is amazing and it's very positive for england there's an amazing it's world class at times yeah uh, like the best in the world and they get criticized and yeah. i think it's really hard because if you've got that type of game in your armory what it does is it punishes penalties yeah. so if you punish penalties you've then got to um it, like as in it then changes defenses because, and then it, tend, it, did, it changes your mindset at the breakdown it, if you're anywhere in your own half, you know that England have got the ability. If you give away a penalty, they will get it into the corner. Now, and there's like not much chat about that, like the yeah. manipulation of a good catch and trife line out. Like that's the thing. I suppose. Yes, of course. I'm also in the agreement that it was appalling that Jess Breach did not touch the ball for 40 minutes. But that said, I haven't watched it back she's not the type of winger that comes off her wing a lot. And like, do you know what I mean? Like she gets hungry and it was mistake after mistake, after mistake. Interestingly, off air flats. So England were massively cheering the scrum and rightly so, they like really got stuck in. And he said, there was a run written rule when we played that if you won a scrum and there was eight of you on the field, like you, you went at it, you could cheer. He said, you never celebrated if the team had a yellow card and it was one of the pack, because like, uh, and it was really interesting because Hannah had a great game. I think Hannah Bottom is in great f- yeah. shape. She looked in good, like good form and she did scrummage well, even when there was eight. But when she wheeled a scrum and like cheered like mad, and then he looked and realised there was no flanker on that side. Yeah. You kind of got to, you've got to like, I don't know, maybe rein it in a little bit. But, but that you know said, what? She
1: did There's a part of that where like good for flats, that their scrum didn't do that, but then every team's different. And I also think as well, like, I don't feel like this England team aren't being supported very well here. And that's always going to be the case if you're English in New Zealand. And, and if you're not English in the crowd here, you're against England is the vibe. This isn't easy for the girls here. There's a, there's a real feeling amongst that squad and around that squad, you know, as an outsider looking in of, of this is upward battle for them. They might be the favoured team. They might be world-class. They might be on paper, the, you know, the, the champions elect, but they don't, we're a long way from home. We're a long way from home. And if they need to do that on the field to keep their heads up, their energy up, then, then let them do it. And I think, you know, it's, that's going to be one of the difficult things for this squad on, on a March to a world cup final. I think, you know, we can, mids can talk about the the negativity and the press and, and we can talk about people thinking they're one dimensional emotionally I don't think this has been an easy place for them to be so far and that's not going to get easier um and that's quite uh, I yeah I
2: can com- I completely agree I, what I was impressed with like 13 changes and then you've got also two changes to the bench and then Shauna comes in all of that kind of stuff happening what I was impressed with it was going completely to pot they were dropping the ball it was absolutely like unforced errors hit all over the place and. Um, lots of different reasons but they um they went they slowed the game down they went back to what they know they they attacked them at scrum time they got the penalties they kicked the corner catch and drive try i think that that in itself showed a maturity from a young outfit lots and lots of world cup debutants um i I really enjoyed connie powell's interview after the game she she's a fantastic young player and i think people you know she's been chucked in in the cauldron because there's no way no way she was expecting to be starting in a world cup game and and playing as much minutes as she has but with lark being injured yeah that's been the case you know she only got her first england call up last autumn Like she's a baby in relative terms from an england perspective so she'll be nervous i'm sure she's not but being just in england and environment I i remember speaking to her at bristol and she was saying oh you know i just want to be able to get on the plane and all that you know and now she's starting she's got a hat trick and speaking so well to the media and I think you're definitely right about it being a cauldron and being you know being difficult um that's where the off-field stuff really comes to the to the fore and I think that's what I really want to um hope that is going well over there you know like they're enjoying themselves they're sticking together they're you know having a laugh um and, but I I think that that would have been really quashed at, at last week given the news with Laura Keats Yeah. um I'm devastated it made me cry I I, you know to have seen her go through what she did with her Achilles in the 2017 World Cup to in the training camp and seeing what it happened what what effect that had on the team when we were in a training camp let alone her being in a World Cup camp out there and the fact she's already done her ACL and she's come back from it but that's a big emotional thing Mids talked about in his interview with you and I think that that that's a big thing for the players to overcome. It's hard. You know, you're very good friends. You're close. It's, you just feel awful. I felt awful and I'm how many thousands of miles away. So I think that that,
1: that's something that England would have had to overcome. Um, So yeah. She's staying out as well. So they're obviously, they're bringing a player out, but she is staying out here and, um, she was sat with the girls, obviously on on Sunday at the game, and um, yeah, it's obviously it's had a profound impact on them, and and hopefully as a squad they're managing that well, um, and and managing the girls yeah. well around that. Um, interesting, actually, when, just when interesting, we are running out of time because we've been we are an hour into this pod, Danielle Shan, and we have to start wrapping up. Two things I want to ask you: Number one, has Tatiana heard played her way into a starting jersey this weekend? Um,
2: my thoughts are possibly um yes and no if they if, yes or no um possibly if they if they did i i think they would move helena Rowland to fullback okay i think you've got to have helena in your team so it'll be a shootout with what they want from their team you know ellie is a very different fullback mckenna did a good job in the fullback yeah. shirt she looked strong she physical um so yeah i think What do they want from their outside backs? But also how do they want their centres to function? I think Tatiana has done absolutely everything in her power to show exactly who she is as a player. So
1: now it's just down to what game plan they have. Okay. now we've got four quarterfinals. We're going to rip through these very quickly. But my first question is, are any of these quarterfinals going to go the opposite way to expectation?
2: Canada-USA possibly, if USA take their take their chances Um, that said i i like the way that the canadians have built through the tournament and i think they're in a good place i think the french france v italy um i think it will be closer because the french might not necessarily turn up and the the italians will, will, will have the ability to get on the scoreboard um but i
1: don't think I don't think they will progress. I don't think the Italians will progress to the semi. Are the French the kind of team who are going to do enough to get through that game against Fiji? They'll do enough to to beat Italy on the weekend, and they'll the kind of team will turn up and and beat the Black Ferns in semi final.
2: Yeah, I think that they've got it in their armory. I think that that's what's making it a bit disappointing with how they're performing at the moment. Um, but but you leave it too late, you don't find that form. Okay. And you've got to have form going into a game. Um, it's just are they holding stuff back? Are they more affected by the Sansu manager injuries than, than they're realizing? Um, possibly. I just don't know whether the players have got the consistency in them to to turn it around if they don't find that form, just given
1: how they play as a team. What can Wales do against the Ferns this weekend? they get food poisoning
2: (laughs) (laughs) jokes jokes um (laughs) again take the opportunities you know it's very different when you stay with a side and put pressure on them New Zealand came to life when they'd got away from them um it was different when Wales were you know kicking to the corner catch and drive line out I think you know they're a good good solid side um I I just don't think they've got enough in their attack to, to challenge
1: unfortunately um Okay. We'll just
2: really go and tackle them a lot so that they get tired.
1: <laughs> and then England Australia. Obviously, we want everybody to stay up on Sunday. So Saturday night, it's a bank holiday on Sunday. Not bank holiday. It's a the clocks go back on Sunday, so you do get an extra hour sleep anyway. Um. So stay up. England Australia coverage starts at one a.m. on ITV. Um.
2: I reckon it's going to be about it. I I genuinely have a feeling it's going to be a really good game. Um. I think Australia will challenge England in different ways just because of how they like to play. They play more than other teams. They're not afraid to use a kick variation. Because of that, will England's defence be slightly different in terms of how many numbers they have in the backfield, which if they do then they're spaced up wide. I think it's discipline against them for them. Obviously, we've talked about it. Consistency. Um, but I think they're going to pose some problems for England, and I think it'll be good. I, I hope that England enjoy that. They they, yeah. they 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 don't know what to expect. The last time they played was when I played
1: them in 2010 um, and 2017. So none- that's what I've got. My my last time that England played Australia, I'm pretty sure that you played in it as well, Nolly. Um, oh wait, bear with me. I'll tell you now. No, it was 2010. The last time that these two teams played june 2017 england won 53
2: 10 oh yeah no we did sorry i was thinking <laughs> a world cup last world cup
1: all right okay. forgiven yeah
2: no i didn't play in that game actually so the last time i oh, played,
1: okay. <laughs> all right
2: um yeah no we battered. them we went over to that was the first of a tour to new when we went and toured new zealand and um beat the black phones um yeah, McKenna was playing in that at fullback. Um, She had a great game. I think she even scored a hat-trick, maybe. Um, yeah, oh, she really? was yeah, the belter, yeah. So, um, I will throw all, of my, throw all of my stats and information out the window. It'll it's be right. close. You've got It'll a few, got a few in days the to up.
1: Right close. then, on that note, try hard. It's quarterfinals weekend. Stay up and we will see you on ITV on Sunday morning.
2: Have a great week and just... Keep loving rugby. Keep doing
1: it. (laughs)